0: Have you ever wished that you could download an entire HD movie in seconds or have your phone battery last for days or even years? Well, Ericsson is about to change the game in cellular networking. Get ready, here comes 5G. Find out what the future looks like at That's ericsson.com/5g. That's e r i c s s o n.com/5g. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. You may know me as a professional Ariana Huffington impersonator. How are you, everyone? But in my spare time I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and more, or just visit Recode.net slash podcasts for more. Today, we have a special bonus episode for you. Last week, I spoke to Uber's new Senior Vice President for Leadership and Strategy, Francis Fry. We talked about what Uber is going to do now that CEO Travis Kalanick has stepped down. Fry's work around diversity at Harvard and the larger epidemic of sexual harassment in tech. And we taped this in front of a sold-out crowd on the Erickson Campus in Santa Clara, California. We hope to do more of these live Recode Decode tapings, so it was really great seeing so many of you there. Let's take a listen. I like saying source is close to the situation when I write stories. But now today, we actually have a source, an actual person. She's not a source close to the situation. She never leaks anything to me. It's really irritating. Um, But one of the things we're doing with Recode Decode is we're trying to have really substantive conversations with leaders of all kinds on all kinds of subjects Um, And when when we, it's growing, Recode is doing really well financially and also with the audience, because I think there's a real hunger there for real conversations that we do at the code conference and also all year round. And there's all these voices that need to be heard and need to have cogent conversations longer than 14 seconds. Um, I spend a lot of time sometimes on TV talking about all kinds of tech issues. Um, And when you, there's nothing wrong with television, but some of the, the discussions nationally and locally it degenerated into just scream fests where people don't have real conversations about difficult issues. Um, and I think it's really important in this day and age when everything seems, you know, 140 characters of idiocy every four seconds and that's just from the president. Um, that I mean, You knew I had to, right? <laughs> I'm like hoping he says nothing about John McCain. I'm so sorry, he's so sick, um, but uh, but it's really important to have really have a, take a little time and really talk about big issues. So I really appreciate um, uh, Francis uh, for, from com- for coming here uh, from Uber. As you know, Recode has covered Uber pretty tough, pretty tough stories. I think they're fair, but they're not. A lot of them aren't pretty, and the subjects we're talking about aren't. Uh, Amenable to the cheerleader society of Silicon Valley. And so it's really great that Frances has not just, it's not brave to come here, I'm not that scary, um, but that she has the, the ability to come here and really talk about important issues we need to talk about. So without further ado, Frances Fry. Yeah. Good. Thank everybody. So thank you for coming. Nice t shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you. If, uh,
1: Dorian, right? It's cool. That's right. Cool. I so wear an, you wear it one every day, right? I do, right? I do. Um, I didn't, uh, when I joined Uber. I didn't intend to wear a T-shirt every day, but I will tell you that when you uh, change your shirt, a T-shirt, you can't wear uh, pants. I have to I wear jeans every day. And then if I wear jeans, I have to wear comfortable shoes. Okay. So my wardrobe just got a lot simpler. Okay. Um, for this, but this is the vestige of Harvard, the jacket. Um, um, for it, well done, Francis. Thank yeah. you for that
0: explanation. Um, yeah, but I no, but t-
1: I'm wearing the T-shirt until um, everyone at Uber is uh, proud enough to wear the T-shirt. Right. I've had to stop wearing my
0: Uber T-shirt. I'll be honest with you. It's a performance measure for me. Okay. So explain that. Let's start with that. Let's start with that. And yeah. first of all. Actually, I do want to start with and then I want to explain yeah. what you do. But why are you wearing a T-shirt every day? Because you get a lot of feedback when you're wearing an Uber yeah. T-shirt these yeah. days. And, I, and if I don't get it, I ask for it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because I think it's,
1: uh, it's an important company. It's an organization filled with mortal beings um, who want to do the right thing, and we should do the right
0: thing. So why wear the T-shirt? What do you try to get? response from to, people, have people yell at you, what? Oh, no, and I have to tell you, I get uh, I get lovely reactions, because
1: I, maybe because I ask people for feedback. So before right. anyone can say anything to me, I ask, I'm going to a car, I say, you know, I work at Uber, um, do you have any feedback for us? Mm-hmm.
0: And people have feedback and then really great suggestions. Right, so and it's most largely positive all throughout the country or not? Um, you know,
1: I've, so you can either give positive reinforcement, keep doing what you're doing, or constructive advice to do things a little differently.
0: I'd say there's constructive advice in there. In there, any bad incidents over an Uber t-shirt? What's that? Anything that people you are surprised by? Um,
1: I'm surprised by how much everyone wants Uber to succeed,
0: and they're pretty pissed off that we have stumbled. OK. All right, so we're going to talk about that. First of all, let's explain what you do. You are an academic. You're from Harvard, which is apparently some university in Boston. Um, <laughs> You'll have to ask them. Yeah. You know what I do with Harvard people? Sometimes when people say, oh, I went to Harvard, because people from Harvard tell you they went to Harvard within 14 minutes, usually. It's <laughs> 14 to 18 minutes. Um, and so when they go, oh, I went to Harvard, like this is 30 years later for some people, right? So. And, and they go, I went to Harvard, and I say, where's that? And they're like, Boston. I go, oh, MIT. What a great school. <laughs> it is a great school. And they're like, no, Harvard. And I go, Yale is so good. And It, go, it can go on. And they're like, and I'm thinking, how stupid can it be to have gone to Harvard and not understand that I'm trolling you? Um, but in any Harvard case, said no to me five times, if you ever did want they? to talk about All that. Right. Yeah. So you work there. You've been working at Harvard. Doing what? Explain to people what you do. Uh, what you did there before. Sure. This job. Um,
1: so I'm a professor in the technology and operations management area. Uh, taught service management to a third of the audience, um, uh, and then I've been a dean on the um, faculty recruiting side, on the executive education side. Helped um, transform the MBA experience where we hadn't created the conditions. For everyone to thrive. And okay, so we didn't you're it, specifically it.
0: talking about women, people of color, is that yeah. correct? So explain that. So you were here being an academic and what you got known for, and it was written about in the New York Times, was this effort you made to change the equation, essentially, yeah. at what was happening at the business school.
1: Yeah, so there were two things that were uh, super troubling that I learned. Uh, one was that um, men achieved higher grades than women, and men had higher self-reported satisfaction than women. And then if I say men and women, it also holds for a whole bunch of other demographics. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, a lot of people had hypotheses for why they thought that was the case, and we acted as if those hypotheses were fact Mm -hmm. without testing them. Right, Um, what was the hypothesis?
0: Give me an example.
1: um, Women are more collaborative, so they're just not as competitive with the grades. Mm
0: -hmm. And what else? Um, Men are smarter, right? Something I like actually never heard that hypothesis. Well, neither did I, and it's not accurate. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Both of my sons are in the audience. They're super smart. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so women are not collaborative. So they, they just said that. Women are why. collaborative, so, and so they're uh, not so as they,
1: goal oriented for the grades. They don't want to compete for grades and yeah. stuff like that. But um, people uh,
0: just took that on the assumption. Yeah. It, yeah. And
1: um, and you know, I didn't have any data to show that they were wrong, but had some strong uh Senses that it probably wasn't the case, so we did an you know an experiment on all 900 students. They would call themselves guinea pigs. I referred to them as pioneers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and we closed the achievement gap and the satisfaction gap. So what what and it what caused for that for doing that?
0: And it was controversial because what were you called? What were you, what did they give you that you put up? Oh,
1: unapologetic. Unapologetic. Yeah, which is like an awesome word that you should reclaim. It's like one of the most awesome words on the planet. We right. need to be more unapologetic about doing noble things.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So you, but people were you used them as guinea pigs. What did what did you do to them? Um, when you say it, it's not as charming as no, when it's I not. say That's it. Not. Um, That's why. Uh, That's why I get paid a lot of money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, 50 um, percent uh, of every grade at HBS is based on class participation. Right. Um, in the if you didn't talk early on in the semester, it was hard to dig yourself out of that hole. So we. Um, Not everyone who arrived at campus was ready to participate in large 90-person discussions. So we made small group experiential as part of the curriculum. And your grade was based on, not only your performance as a team, but how other people experienced you. Mm
0: -hmm. So 360 evaluations, essentially. Yes. And
1: what was awesome is that not only did different demographics thrive there, it changed the demographics of who thrived in the large group class discussion.
2: Okay.
1: Which was just magnificent. So we
0: created conditions... So people saw people behave differently in the small groups and then didn't assume... Created more conditions for people to thrive, and then that became contagious across all of them. Mm -hmm. We also went
1: in and talked explicitly about some troubling things that had happened in the past, so I think it's really important to honor the past and to discuss it. And there were some um, systematic, unfortunate things that happened every year. Such as? Um, when you go to HBS, you become assigned a section, so if you're in section B. Um, when you go from the first year to the second year, you're old B, new B. The old section would come in and tell you the um, what the uh, what is the word, traditions are. Mm-hmm. And they would, uh, it was like an arms race of doing increasingly inappropriate things, nobody with bad intentions, but it got really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went in and started- sorry to be specific, what do you mean? What would they do? Um, the only reason I'm hesitating is because there's a CNBC camera on you right I now. That's right. right, don't worry about it. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> nobody watches this. Okay, CNBC, oh, nobody watches this great, okay. Um, So um, uh, the one one story that just stuck with me is that um, some students called the spouse of an international student who English wasn't their first language and got the spouse to say things that they could cobble together on a tape and they played the cobbled together things in the section handoff that sounded very bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they did it for sport, it was enormously hurtful. Right. Um, right. and experienced as enormously hurtful. This
0: kind of pranking this kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. And it became an
1: arms race of so Facing. you would show pictures of people and it became almost a roasting of people you don't know. Yeah. Which is um, in really bad form. So sexist too.
0: Yeah, and every sexist. so the,
1: the international sexist, but like every is um um, and so we made that discussable and we uh put in place something that if you lead an event and the person who's doing the section handoff is leading an event everyone's responsible for their own behavior but if you lead an event you're responsible for the behavior of everyone else at the event
0: okay because we're a school of leadership Right.
1: Well wow did that change things.
0: Right. Because they, now there was
1: accountability. And before right. it was just this is what we do and it sadly I can't happened. stop him,
0: I can't stop her, that kind of thing. And
1: is and you know the students are incredible there and with accountability. And then they found that roasting strangers is a really, really like lowbrow way to get at humor and you can do it in super clever ways. Mm-hmm. So now they're magnificent celebrations and appreciated by everyone more.
0: Right, and so you did stuff like that. The resistance to that. There was resistance. What was the resistance? That you shouldn't delve into getting actual data to change things, or that you were trying to en- socially engineer?
1: Yeah, so I think social engineering um, gets a bad name. Right. Um, that there there are architects and we have to take responsibility for it. And just because if things are systematically happening outside of the classroom, it's the obligation of the university to address it. Mm-hmm. Like So of course it's on our watch, like it was on our watch. Um, and we were not invited in to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think that we're often not given permission
0: to do the things that need to be done. So you just did it, you just said this is a problem that women are lagging behind men or... And and we did a bunch
1: of things and it's now self-reported. So here's the awesome thing. Not only did women's satisfaction go up in international students, M- men satisfaction went up. Like, it's not a fixed pie. Right. Make the world better for women, you make it better for everyone.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting concept, and I, I do want to get into it when we start talking about Uber but and how you got there. But one of the things that's... Uh, I think Harvard also had manbassadors, which I think is the worst word on the not planet. Not a great word. No, yeah. it's literally my least yeah. favorite word, befo- besides yeah. reportrepreneur that I also don't like. I haven't heard mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. Yeah. Don't yeah. use it again. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it was the idea of getting men involved as allies and not just that it was in their best interests. Correct, yeah. that it's not only a woman's job to fix this, that it's...
1: Well, it's, it. Um, I do dislike when the um, diversity problems are the burden of the diverse. That's just
0: obnoxious. Mm-hmm. So that everybody's part of it. And then they improve, because I mean, Maria Clawway at Harvey Mudd uh, did a lot of experiments about that and often found a single person who wrecked the experience for everyone, not just women or people of color, that it was a typically a certain kind of male geek who brought everybody down in a lot of ways. And there were certain men who didn't like in operating in that environment either. Yeah, I, I find that the
1: majority, the vast, 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 vast majority of the world wants to bring their best facet forward. And we can create the conditions for not the best facet to come forward. Again, our obligation.
0: All right, so here you are at Harvard doing your papers and working on, on this. Teaching. Teaching. Like really living the dream. Right, OK. So. Yeah. Why Uber then, frankly? Yeah. What? Oh, I think I'll go to this company. Yeah, like, so. Um, I was thinking like Enron was not available. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to get an Enron joke.
1: Um, so I, um, I study service companies. When mm-hmm. a, and Uber is a magnificent service organization. But if a service organization either gets outsized ambition or gets in trouble, I usually get a call. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at right. um, diagnosing problems and helping people come up with prescriptions. So I got a call um, with Uber, and I, oh, what I do with every organization is I go in and see, can my unique snowflake, this, right. uh, be helpful, right. and I quickly found out that it could, and then I had to, so I, am I a good fit because I hate doing anything that someone else can do? Um, and then uh, are they the good guys? Right. Um, so you are, and well, I've learned in California, I'm not supposed to say, guys, I was progressive in Cambridge. I'm conservative in San Francisco. Right. Super weird for me. Right. Super weird. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're very
0: conservative. I can say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we like to marry goats in San Francisco. <laughs> if you have a problem with that, you can just leave the state. Um, so... So here you are at Harvard. They bring you in as a consultant. This is yes. Leanne Hornsey, right? Correct. Yeah, Leanne. So
1: Megan Joyce was the uh, first person I met, and then she introduced me to Leanne. And Leanne, Leanne is the head of HR. Head of HR. Magnificent. She's from magnificent. Google. Many nine yeah. years
0: at Google. Joined
1: in January, and it has been the catalyst of much of the change, and is really magnificent.
0: Okay. So she calls you, and you think, "Oh, this is interesting. I think I can." Yeah. This. What was your impression of Uber? Your honest impression of oh, like. Oh yeah, I only have one gear. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that
1: they had uh, no unusual challenges. Every really? single challenge I saw, I had seen at another organization, mm-hmm. but the context was super novel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they honestly did not seem, the challenges seemed outsized to them. So I often go through the world and you think you have a boulder in front of you and I can help you understand it's a pebble.
0: Mm-hmm. They had
1: a lot of pebbles and maybe not the wherewithal to sweep them away.
0: All right. so. When you're saying they're not unusual, it feels to me, and I've covered, I'm super old, and I've covered Silicon Valley for a very long time, I've never seen such a toxic company in in one place. So I'm just curious. You see, like, it was not, like, you've seen all these instances of these things everywhere, which I have too. Like, listen, there wasn't no sexism at Microsoft, there wasn't no sexism at Google, or sexual harassment, or anything like that. But to see it so concentrated. Well, you have to understand, when I got
1: involved, Leanne had already, like, it was, Leanne had already joined and was doing things. Susan Fowler had been doing even more things. Right. Um, so I got involved when the really, really earnest change. and super serious version of Uber,
0: and I thought it was magnificent. Right. And I still do think it's magnificent. Right. For them to want, well, they, I don't know if they had a choice necessarily. But so but I'm talking about before that, like there were, like, there were sort of patterns in advertising. Sexist advertising there was aggression around the drivers there was issues around uh, checking of drivers there's a lot of anti women things seemed to like just be brewing around this company in a way that was that I know they thought it was unfair at Uber, and I, I did not. So. Yeah. So
1: I'm. Um, you know more about it than I do. You know what did you I think do. from your from oh, outside? Oh, so listen, I read the newspapers, and I thought there was no chance they were going to be the good guys. Right. No chance. All right. And then every single person I spoke with, I, I then started looking for where is the toxicity? Mm-hmm. And I found a lot of people looking for the secret memo on how to behave. Mm-hmm. And if you gave them the secret memo, they behaved that way. Right. I didn't find toxicity. And okay. I looked. So before I uh, made the decision to go over, I, tr- I did sessions. I spent time with 1,200 people. Mm-hmm. So there's 15,000. As a consultant. As a, When I was a consultant, because I had to make sure they needed a lot of management training. It turns out that management is a skill. They had not... Um, been absorbing it, and I had to make sure that like the way I teach is the way they could absorb. It was like just magnificent. Their emails, the response was incredible. Right. So I haven't yes. seen the toxicity. I one hundred percent believe the organization it it manifested to where we are now. Right. The organization is taking it super seriously.
0: All right, it is that now, but I'm going to challenge yeah, you on the toxicity do. because do. I have found the toxicity quite right. a lot. Like, and I'm really make... grateful that you. China well, you're on welcome, it. but yeah. it's toxic. Yeah. Um, but let me give you a couple of examples. of just yeah. stuff we've not just us, but the New York Times, my yeah. isaac has been doing a great job. There's all kinds of great reports. Yeah. From the very, I don't think they're minor, but they're more regulatory. The grayballing thing, the thing with Apple, the thing you know when, yeah. with it, where they're mm. geo fencing Apple. Yeah. Um, the um, the tricks around regulation, the rivalry yeah. Yeah. with Lyft, the kind of dirty yeah. tricks or whatever that's called. Yeah. Um, whoever invent, some frat boy that invented whatever yeah. they're doing to lift. Um, they're um, and I believe in competition. Like, but this was sort I of do like a Step yeah. further. Yeah. Um, the memo Travis wrote about an event in Las Vegas only oh, a few yeah, years like ago. like two years ago, yeah. Which literally, the first nine words had seven HR violations in them. You know what I mean, like that kind of thing. And yeah. then it culminated for me in our reporting around the India issue of one of the executives carrying around a medical file of a rape victim and the top executives questioning that rape. And to me, I think that was like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Like that's, and why did you not stop it? Like yep. that's the kind of thing. So you get there and they're now like, so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Um, I get there and they're um, looking for
1: leadership, looking to do the right thing right. and are embarrassed. Right, by what
0: they've done. What do you do when you're coming in? Which is frankly, all one needs in the world to make a difference. Right, that they're yeah. embarrassed or ashamed, ashamed of uh, The sanding has been done. We have to come in and paint. So how do you come in as as a management person and accept? Okay, they're ashamed, and I feel like they're genuinely ashamed. And I'm ashamed because I'm now part of the company, so right. I feel I share it. Yeah. Okay, what do you? Wh- how do you go in then approach that? Because you're dealing with you know he, these are the people who did this. So and there is a, a level of forgiveness and redemption. I, I know one of your board members, Arianna Huffington, and I are always arguing. Over that issue, I, she's like, "You are New old Testament, Kara, and I am New Testament, and we have to love and forgive." And I said, first we kill, and then we love." And like, so, so, um, so, so here you are. You've got to come in and be forgiving. Like that's—is that correct, or what do you
1: do? As- Listen, my um, my favorite trait in the world is redemption. I, right. I I mean, if you have bad people, we should have exorcism, but. Mm-hmm. The vast majority, when there's bad behavior, it's good people behaving badly, and I, I know that leaders can make a difference there.
0: Okay, so you come in, you're a consultant. What, what shifted you to making the decision to come there? You live in Boston. Yeah. Your wife lives in Boston, your kids live in Boston. Yes. You have a nice they, life up there at very nice. university that's not MIT. Yeah. What, what? Which I walk to, and yeah. it's
1: Cambridge, not Boston. Not that right. it makes a difference
0: from afar, but it does. Thank you for yeah. that, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it's no, so Castro, I, not San Francisco, in case you want them. Uh, it's super helpful for me to know. Thank you. Anytime. Yeah. I live there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you, so you come in. What made you want to do this? Because you're doing a... Cr- explain your day.
1: Yeah. Here. So. Um, so my intro week is that I have breakfast with the family on Mondays. I fly out, and then I take a day flight back on Fridays. So okay. I have dinner. So I have breakfast on Monday dinner on Friday.
0: Right, and then you're there all weekend. And then I'm there
1: all weekend, yeah.
0: What, why did you decide to do, like, this is a be, um, you know, I thought about this a lot in,
1: um, in anticipation of this, because I'm, um, so two reasons. One is that Anne um, thought it would be a great idea, and she, I, uh, she understands me and my potential and my, and I trust her instincts uh, completely, um, and uh, honestly, the situation required all of me. Right. So Rather than if than just I wanted, consultant. if I wanted, I couldn't. I don't think I could have been very helpful as a consultant. Right. And um, I have to tell you, I have been mesmerized by the fifteen thousand people that work there. Mm-hmm. Mesmerized. And so, I honestly think it's pebbles, not boulders. I, with okay, I really do. And I have seen enormous progress in sweeping them away with really. World-class people. All right, um,
0: we're going to talk about how that's been swept yeah. away because you, you did manage to lose a CEO along the way, like yeah. sweeping these boulders or whatever they are. aside. I think it's reinforced concrete, but um, but but I'm not sure if it's concrete or cement. But I didn't but go to that class. I know what you mean, though. I, know I what you have mean. a drill, so it's fine. Yeah, um, I have a tool ba- belt, but no, no drill. No, yeah. this, yeah. this is too much lesbian talk. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by Ericsson driving the future of communication with 5G networks. 5G isn't just a step up from 4G. It's a game-changing advancement that's up to 100 times faster. It's also ultra-reliable, which means it can connect much more than phones and tablets. With 5G, all kinds of devices will communicate with us and each other to enable incredible things. Imagine a doctor using a robot to perform a medical procedure in another country. Imagine that robot can let the doctor actually feel shapes and textures with lightning speed response time. Imagine an infotainment system in your self-driving car that rivals your home theater. Now imagine your phone that has a battery life of days or even years. No more clunky portable chargers. This is just a glimpse at what the future will look like with Ericsson and 5G. Find out how 5G will transform the world at ericsson.com 5G. That's ericsso dot slash 5G. So you decide to take it on, and your, your, your role is... Say your title, it's quite a lofty one. Um, well, I'm, I, I, I'm in charge of leadership and strategy. I, they call it a senior, senior vice president. Senior vice president of leadership, okay. Yeah, but anyone who knows me in the
1: world would say those two
0: words. Okay, so, it's not so what does that mean for each of them? What yeah. does that mean? so leadership, I mean,
1: here's the thing. Uber has got individual leaders that have been very siloed, which has per- permitted it to grow. Um, And it's A plus B plus C for a three-person team, at best. Mm -hmm. And I'm just coming in and making it A times B times C. And what does that mean? Explain that for the people who don't understand management speak. Um, That um, if we, each of us has unique information, Mm -hmm. if we spend time with one another, we are very likely to talk about the information we have in common. Mm the job of, my job is like a coach or a facilitator. I help bring out the unique information so that we can take better decisions and move with more speed.
0: So what happens in an organization like Uber where siloed information occurs? So that was one of the big problems. I think that's that's a very
1: big uh, situation which permitted its growth Mm -hmm. and um, created a lot of the problems. So we now have a collectively exhaustive So permitted its
0: growth can, meaning everybody can do what they wanted? Oh yeah, I think if you, uh, silos are super
1: efficient. They're just, um, are on a, uh, Collision course, if you don't. Meaning,
0: what? why are they super efficient for oh, a, a, a hard charging company? Imagine if use.
1: this conversation
0: only had one of us. We would just get right through it. And, right, okay, yeah, Right. Okay. I mean. So yeah. you can just do what you want yeah. and you move yeah. on. But yeah. then you're subject to bad actors who could do all whatever they feel like. Or, or actors that just aren't. If we take the collective intelligence of us, we're each going to make better decisions. Okay. Yeah. So you were trying to unite them? Yeah. Unite and we're, the silos. That's what we're doing Because Silo is, they're, they're a very siloed company with actually Travis knowing everything. like from Yeah. What, I, think tra- I think Travis
1: had pairwise relationships with everyone. And um, he, when he asked me to come in, he asked me, he said, look, I haven't had enough time to spend with the senior team. Will you come and facilitate the senior team so that we can bring the best out of the collection and i said absolutely right and indeed it's not just a problem with the senior team it's all throughout the organization that you have leaders siloing we have we have it's a siloed organization that as as soon as we unleash the power of teams the performance of these this organization is going to
0: skyrocket so why didn't why was it built that way is it around the ceo or what i i
1: think that it was conducive for ridiculous growth of which there aren't a lot of role models for how do you organize for growth um, you know in retrospect oh we should have taken a pause and trained managers and done things differently but I have a lot of humility of looking forward like how do you know when the right time to take an off-ramp is
0: well a lot of them did a lot of them did manage Facebook I'm thinking there's all every company I've covered yeah. is able to do that yeah so what happened here one of the things I, I got from get from Silicon Valley, and especially from Uber, is like, look Ooh. at the success, like, so therefore it's okay. Um, and I was like, well, look at the journey, like your journey is the really The journey ugly. is super important, yeah. Right. So yeah. What, how do you get people off that idea is, one of the things they said, we have, you know what, we've been busy being fantastic, so we couldn't do HR. And I was like, what? Like, are you We should kidding? be held accountable for every HR aspect, But what is yeah. that mentality? Is it mentality of tech, or is it a mentality of a bigger... I think it's, to me, it's a mentality of hyper-growth. Okay.
1: Hypergrowth probably is more likely to occur in tech because of zero marginal cost. Um, Okay. But I think it's the mentality of hypergrowth, which is it's super easy to see in retrospect when you should have done it. It's really hard in going forward.
0: Do you have to be that aggressive to the point of of
1: dementia
0: to do that hypergrowth? That was a little leading. Right. um, I know that. uh, Yes. Um, When did you?
1: No, it's okay. Um, Listen, I don't. There's a, if you just take the taxi industry, which is a really wonderful industry for very many people, but had a lot of protective regulation
2: mm-hmm.
1: for people to come in and change that took a certain amount of aggressiveness. So like everything, it's your best feature and your worst feature. Right. So I think that the, the pioneering aggression um, was part of the fantastic nature of it. And then out of control, um, like, are you then surprised that it's not harnessed? If it's not deliberately harnessed will it be harnessed? So, no. So it has to now be deliberately harnessed. Okay, But, but we seen, should be
0: held accountable right, but, 100% for all of it. But why wasn't it harnessed here? Because I've seen it like Airbnb. Yeah. You're not hearing yeah. aside for some dumb ad they did there's usually like they tangle with regulators normally it doesn't seem so fraught um, and they grew, they're they growing tremendously you know. I, you know you are closer to its history than I am You've been studying. So them. what happens, what I wanna get at is, is it because this leader was this way
1: or? Well, I, it's super hard for me to come in and in retrospect judge which what, what it is. I, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I tell you that now, but look, I want to squeeze every ounce of learning out of what happened, like every single ounce of it. And then I want us to have a really optimistic way forward.
0: So how much of the past should they devolve into? This is another argument I have with Ariana and they others. have to have there.
1: reverence for the past and- <laughs> Not reverence, it's like- Well, a, okay, um, honor the past enough to learn every thing that we can out right, of it. Right,
0: but I'm talking about the idea of, um, uh, you, st- you. I remember, I think the meeting was the, the point where, where Travis was taking the leave of absence this was a week before he actually also left later. Um, someone, I think I forget who it was, it was like everything before it doesn't count, everything after it does. Did you, I, I think do, that I, person probably misspoke. No, I'm pretty certain okay. didn't, because okay. I quoted them. Um, okay. so, so the con- You're sure you got it right? Yeah, I did, okay. I'm pretty certain, <laughs> there. yeah, I'm good at that. Okay. Yeah. No, it's But the staff. concept was that let's forgive everything in the past and I was like, but it's not been paid for. And it's a very, and I, I want to get into it because in a little yeah. bit I want to talk about I don't, the bigger I don't have a like
1: pay or don't pay. Right. I do have, it, look, it should be honored for every ounce of learning it has. Like when, when mistakes are made, I want to squeeze every single bit of, earning, of learning out of it. Every single bit of it. All right. I don't believe as much as that you have to like go and it occurred by
0: well, mortal, The only reason but. I'm going to get to is later I want to talk about these I'm okay. sorry letters from all the sexual harassers, which I think it's like now you may forgive me and we may move on. And I think a lot of people aren't quite ready. You know, I get the spirit of reconciliation, but there's almost a too quickness in Silicon Valley to say, okay, I grabbed her ass, but now I'm sorry about it. So, yeah, that doesn't me. sound like when you put it that way, that doesn't no, sound no. good at all. Well, yeah. that's, yeah. that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so so when you, what do you do with the past stuff? Like that behavior around the drivers or the- So you Indian don't like
1: thing. reverence, you don't like honor, what word would you like?
0: Uh, <laughs> The, pay a, Yeah, so you're going to pay, I'm not a, I don't. I'm a consequence person. Yeah. It's like you did My something. My oldest son is a
1: consequence person for yeah. sure. So here he it is. It's consequences like for you do not son.
0: deserve to be the CEO of you presided over this. You need to go away or they need to find someone in or there's got, someone has to, and I don't, someone has to pay the price of what happens. And in this yeah. case, what's fascinating to me is that, now Uber has a lot of women running things who seem on cleanup, you know what I mean? Like the naughty boys made a mess and so now you're here to clean up, but I, I yeah. don't
1: know. You and I have a very different version of me. Yes, I know
0: yeah. that. No, I get that. No, I get that, but I, not you yeah. in particular. No, yeah. But what I am here to help them achieve their highest, highest aspiration potential. and okay. potential. All right, yeah. okay. yes, yeah. and I know, I'm not gonna yeah. get you off your no, office. You're so. No, you're not. No, I know you are <laughs> So, but what I want to know is what do you do with the past stuff to so, get to the future. What, how much do you put Listen, if there are people that's why, that, by the way, I'm not hired to be head of strategy. No, I totally I totally get what you earlier said that
1: right. you wouldn't work in an organ. I'm now getting why you wouldn't work in yes, an exactly. organization. <laughs> um, no, and I mean this quite sincerely, but honestly, as partners, we would probably do very well. If someone needs to be held to account and account, right. I'm like I just am not genetically the person who could right. possibly okay. do it. I just believe too much in Redemption and, and I make mistakes and others make mistakes, and I can bring us to the best version. Right. Um, but if someone does need it's why boards hire and fire CEOs, and no one in management does, right? If someone's right. going to hold a CEO accountable, it's a board's job to do that. right
0: Right Which happened, which actually happened in some whatever happened. What does that do to an organization? We can disagree over that. I do think that there's account- accountability is really important to me. Like, what- I wouldn't play poker with you. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm not actually very good at it. Um, then it's just math skill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there is a level of accountability like this. Like you may not move on with us because you have done this. Or you may need go seek help before you may move on with us. So what do you do, Because, like you said, there's a lot of wonderful people, I can name dozens and dozens of people who are working hard, by the way, creating a great product, no matter how you slice it, it's the best product out there. Um, How do you then take them and not hold them responsible for other people's behavior, especially their leaders, because a lot of them were their leaders? Um, who are now gone, like one after another. How the would next. you hold them responsible? I'm, I'm totally. I, I would get rid of those leaders. Yeah, so I think listen, get I get rid I, of the Baghdad is the first thing because you're I think serious about I, it. I think yes. Even if they're good, even if there's good yeah. aspects, like brilliant. The like brilliant jerks theory is there's no room. There's only room for brilliant yeah. people, but not brilliant. So jerks. brilliant
1: jerks is a phrase that Ariana has, and when she and I disagree, it's on. I like when when she says zero tolerance. My heart skips a little bit because I believe so much in redemption, and zero tolerance frankly scares me. Right. But in
0: principle, okay. Tell why does it scare you? What oh, is
1: because I first of all, zero tolerance. I, I am sure I have made mistakes. I do make right. mistakes, and I watch others make mistakes. Indeed, that is like the that is the human condition. Right. So I want us to a better version of us is around the corner. Right. Um, so I. I think it'll be a very small, small island if it's only filled with, and maybe if it's only filled with zero tolerance.
0: Okay, correct. But there's almost no space between the behavior and then the forgiveness. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, I think that's the yeah, issue I, is so, that a lot of, because yeah. it's gone on for so long, not just at Uber, yeah. but other places. So I, I
1: do think, listen, if I did something, and I, I made a mistake in a talk recently where I, um, referred to someone as sir, Mm -hmm. and other people took offense to my doing that um, uh, because it was an honorific that Mm -hmm. was inappropriate. Um, And I I asked them for suggestions on how to do it differently. I apologized sincerely. If I, and then I think they permitted me to move on. So I, Mm -hmm. I see your point that we have to do the act of owning it and understanding it and hearing it. And then the, listen, for sexual harassment, that is the most horrible thing to occur. And if someone, you know, if someone sexually harassed you, I'd take them out back. never that.
0: Like, never well, it wouldn't
1: happen. Yeah, right. I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, but that's
2: actually- I think okay. I'm
0: kind of cute, but no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, No, but I do think, I think, I think yeah. it's often perpetrating, it's, it's about power. It's not necessarily about, it's not at all about sexuality. It's about people in lower, Physicians yeah, and I do ability. find, listen, and that's a leader's responsibility
1: to create the conditions that it never happens, mm-hmm. and for those egregious things, are over the line, of course. Mm-hmm. But I, I think one of the problems we, that... I wonder if you want to hold people to more accountable than I want to hold them. It may very right. well be true.
0: Right. Yeah. Certain people. Absolutely. Yeah. Leaders. A leader is 100%. I do. Yeah. I, I, I. But what lead. is accountability? Like, is there any room for Yes. A lead? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But not immediately and not – I'm sorry, it's not – Not often. without penance. Not, not, uh, yeah. I guess I'm Catholic, so I guess that's the yeah. correct thing, but it's not just penance. it's that. Let's have some genuine change, because yeah. we'll get to this idea of the decency pledge in Silicon Valley and other things. That place. scared me <laughs> I just, No, I just, no we, just, we just said hello. It's 40 minutes right. No, in. I know. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Um, but I want to get what you're doing next at Uber. Okay. So what, what is that? I get a lot of these activities. We're going to talk about the general, uh, general things that are going yep. on Silicon Valley. Let's start with what you're doing about specific things. Sexual harassment at Uber.
3: Um, you're not
0: responsible for the rest of the Valley right now. <laughs> no. But I do think we have an obligation. a big job, Francis,
2: you
1: yeah. working here No, but listen, years. you put a light on us, which actually does make us responsible for the rest of Silicon Valley, because right. we have to show that it can be done here, so it can be done So what anywhere. are you doing in that regard? Um, so, uh, a couple of things. But one, anything, there are so many hotlines, formal and informal, for if anything bad happens to anyone, I would expect it to be surfaced Uh, on in July which didn't exist before. And so people felt alone and powerless. Mm -hmm. There are enough people standing right next to them, including I so I did a training, I've done training of almost ten thousand of the folks. I would a large swath would call me, a large swath would call Leanne, a large swath would call someone. So I think not being alone, really being super clear
0: It, well, lines of communication.
1: Yeah, or just like they can stop by my office. They can send me an email. They can stop and by feel me and, and feel safe so. doing it. And feel super safe doing it. Okay. So making it, as my colleague Amy Evans says, safe to say, but so safe systematically to speak. systematically. Systematically, so people don't feel alone. Right, um, is the one thing. Okay. Also, that people know what professional conduct looks like and what it doesn't look like, because often bad behavior happens after a set of five other behaviors that. Didn't if the first behavior got checked, the rest of them wouldn't occur. Mm-hmm. So, um, letting people know what good behavior looks like right. um, on it, um, trainings. Uh, yes, there are. Um, I don't do any of those. Tra- but it's trainings. HR. There are professionals that know how to do the trainings,
0: um, which hadn't been taking place, correct, or had done it in a I, very so cursory it, way. Um,
1: uh, well, when it, when it takes place, it'll take place for all 15,000. So what Uber is very good at is when they do one thing, they do it for all 15,000. Right. I'm not up to speed on when the training is occurring. But,
0: but that's one of the things. Yes. And what else has? So you have systems in place,
1: hotlines, training. And people feeling say So there's enough, peop- enough leaders in front of people that you can just say, hey, afterwards. Right. Um, um, and then I feel like there's an answer that I'm supposed to have that's in my right. pocket that I don't. I don't know, I, okay. I don't know what you
0: do. Okay. Management, b- upgrading management. One of the issues from what I think we talked yeah. about was that certain people had three people they report, report oh, to yeah, and so some had 30 and so there were no. It was so, no, so tragic, was, it's so
1: tragic. So there are 3,000 managers at Uber that are not set up for success. And it's not their fault, but everyone who has a problem with the organization, chances are it was an interaction with their manager. So I came in expecting to see 3,000 bad people managing. 100% not the truth. Management is a skill that can be taught, and they were not taught it. Uh-huh. Some people literally had dozens of direct reports, which is an impossible thing to manage. Right. And then other What's people What's the average of 10, right? So a good number is eight, eight. frankly, okay. um, and eight maybe being a lot better than 10. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: so, but they had, some had 30 and some had one, right? Yeah, which is
1: neither good. Right, yeah. so
0: how do you change that? You just start to reorganize the management. And Yeah, and
1: make it, so we're doing a couple of things, but one is everyone's goals, if you're a manager, the performance of your team is part of your performance. Mm -hmm. That's as of, um, Leanne has done this, that's as of four weeks ago.
0: So explain how that works, because that's something that's normal in a lot
1: of places. Uh, Yeah, this is beautiful. So she's done two things that are incredible. She's put a citizenship goal in where each person picks a way that they can make the Uber environment better for a partner or for Uber. And then if you're a manager, the performance of your team is part of your performance. Mm-hmm. And in and I think it is um, more typical in other organizations. It's now explicit in our organization.
0: Right, that you which have is to do this. So yeah. again, systems around HR, management training and management yeah. changes. Yeah, organizational structure and um, accountability
1: in terms of you, it, you won't get promoted if in the absence of it.
0: In the absence, so you don't get those promotions. So promotions don't seem. Random, which I think yeah. Susan wrote about quite elegantly, and actually yeah. I feel like one of the things that get lost in a lot of what Susan Fowler wrote was she was writing about a very dysfunctional management. system. I think she was. I mean, more with, than anything with an, else, on top
1: of a horrible tragedy, she right. was writing about that. Right. Yeah.
0: She was, but that to me was the reason the other things happened. Was that it was this? So that's that, a very fair. Like assessment. her not being able to move out of a bad situation because it was so demented the way they. Yeah. Did. So so
1: all of those things are. Um, Leanne and her team are cleaning up all of those things. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when you have this situation, when you have a, co- a company under siege, you're obviously an optimistic person. I think I'm not crazy. out of yeah. turn here. Yeah. Almost crazily, crazy. so, yeah. I would yeah. agree. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm thinking that in my thought yeah. bubble above my head, yeah. what the hell, but yeah. I do think that you have to have a, that kind of um, optimistic personality. At the same time, you have to have people that are saying, it's still a mess, we st- and take it seriously. How do you balance those? Well, I, things I, I, At a company like yeah. Uber, which is constantly yeah. under siege. Yeah. yeah, so
1: I think, so the, the key to leadership, in my mind, is that you hold people to very high standards, and you do it in a way that people feel you're deeply devoted to their success. Mm-hmm. So I am a crazy optimist, um, and I don't know anyone who sets higher standards than I do. Mm-hmm. And if you do both, that's the, that's the key to doing it. And I think in the past... We might have set high standards, not in a deeply devoted way, and then the fear is we're going to be deeply devoted and lower the standards. Right. Insidious and also not good. Right. We have to figure out how to do both simultaneously. So,
0: how do you give me an example then?
1: Um, uh, give me a context, and I'll tell you how the example.
0: You have, oh, I don't know. I don't. What, how do you? So high stand. What would be a high standard? So you
1: hold um, when you mm-hmm. interview. Folks, so I'll take my coming to San Francisco. This is my second time meeting you. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You hold me to very high standards, but I can tell that you want me to be successful—not by lowering the bar, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but you're. I feel like you're deeply devoted to my success.
0: So that's how you do (laughs) it. Not at all. I disagree. (laughs) I feel it. I feel no, it. No, no. Okay. You know, years ago I interviewed Steve Case for my book. It's I mean, actually a blessing to go yes, through the world it, and
1: interpret keep all going. ambiguity as yes. positive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, uh, I don't care what happens. I think that, I think that's, and not in a negative. For or positive Uber, way. but you care for me. Well, not yet. It's too big. Okay. All, right. Okay. Not, like, like, all right, I misread. I misread. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not that no, kind of lesbian. No, it's okay. Sorry.
1: All right. yeah. I, I misread. My apologies.
0: I'm yes. honestly a gay man at this point. So, so. Okay. Yeah, let's just, like, I don't, I'm a straight man. Actually, I've moved all the way to, since working here for years. Uh, okay. You can laugh or not, but it's appalling <laughs> what I just said. So um, so when you're you trying to get these high standards, another yeah. big issue seems to me at Uber, and then I want to talk, finish up talking about Silicon Valley and jail. Yeah, which I'd love happening. to. Um, You have morale problems. Like you have constant media attention, much of it deserved. I know everyone likes to blame the media these days, but uh, constant media attention, constant you suck, constant you did this, you did that, you did this. A lot of the focus not on good things that you're trying to do. How do you manage that? Like, when yeah. you've got a, got a depleted workforce who feels, and you're getting attrition issues, I know there's issues yeah. of that. People, i know known four people who've left there just recently, and they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't yeah. take no, it. Yeah, no,
1: they're depleted. So, I, I mean, so how do I do it? I- Because um, you're head of leadership and strategy. Yeah, so, so you need people. Yeah, so- um, I hold sessions like, and often I'm very partial to case discussions and have case discussions and they're voluntary and two-thirds of the organization shows up, have mm-hmm. open office hours we can talk about uh, things. So engage people on purposeful acts in a really noble way. Mm-hmm. Um, the act of leadership can be taught and so the organization really wants to do it and they Our organization really appreciates optimism. And there is a really clear optimistic way forward. And sometimes we get focused on the negative, right. and I'm not saying don't honor the negative, but oh my gosh, is there great optimism in so front
0: what of is the, what is What does the next CEO at Uber have to have? What are the qualities, because you're...
1: Yeah, so you don't like when I use the word reverence, but it's my word, so I'm going to use it. You go right Okay, around. so I think reverence for the international nature of the business, like deep reverence. that The global nature. Oh my gosh, yeah, right. like we're, I mean there's, there's Silicon Valley, which is its own thing, yeah. and then there's the US, and then there is every I other agree country. I you on this. Yeah, I so I say. like total reverence for that. I think that it's, in my mind, it's a tech company and an operations company. Mm-hmm. And it, you have to be able to hold both of those thoughts in your mind. As a leader. As a leader. And I don't think you can have one be more important than the other. So
0: global, tech,
1: tech and, and organization. Tech and operations. And to understand that this is an organization of 15,000 people that has been through a lot. Mm -hmm. And so need someone to appreciate that and understand that as they chart the way forward.
0: And what about the relationship with Travis, who is still on the board, who still is... They have to be able to manage that. Very important shareholder, very important icon for the people there. Yeah. Uh, what's the what do you do if you're a leader coming i mean he's there he's sitting there no of course of course i'm just what's the what do you do if you're a leader like that when you have someone like that um uh so (sighs) i think travis wants the best thing for
1: uber and i think the the new ceo can gain a lot of wisdom from travis but should be super clear that they're the new ceo right and Mm -hmm. he should you believe he should be continued to be involved I think that it's a. I, I I think he should make the decision that he wants. He's a um, he's a board member. He knows the history of the company. I I would not presume to make the decision for him. Wouldn't at all, at mm-hmm. all. What about
0: yeah. what's good for Uber?
1: I um I think he will yeah, make okay. decisions. So before he left the company, he and I were sitting like this. It was in front of 250 mm-hmm. um, folks. We had just done two days of training. And he said in a way that I believed him that if he ever found that his interests and Uber's interests diverged, he would pick Uber.
0: And leave or do whatever it took to, to make those changes. And I believe him. Yeah. Do you feel like he has the ability to be redeemed and come back? I certainly do. I you, believe
1: I do. You said that to me. Yes. and Without hesitation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who do you compare him to? Is there, you know, you've done a lot of case studies at Harvard. Who would you? Um, I'm giving this to you. You have got a whole wide field. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: so if I say if I stay in the tech industry and I look at redemptions, um, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, um, or I think did enormous redemption stories. Um, if I look in other uh, other industries, see now I don't I don't like to yeah. name Compare. people, but I can say that. Um, IBM, there are lots of companies that have had incredible turnarounds um, and, and, and leaders developing a lot.
0: Right. Do you consider this a turnaround? Oh, yes. Because it's a start, I consider too.
1: it, so let me be super clear, uh, unambiguously, an inflection point, it has gone through multiple crises. I am entirely confident that we're going to come out uh, much stronger and much better. It, and honestly, in part because of the spotlight that's on it.
0: Okay. Who? Would you like to be CEO? Oh, <laughs> Well, she would have to be. <laughs> Do you want it to be a CEO? Does it have to be
1: a she? No, no, not. G- gosh, no. Uh, it should be a person that meets all of the other criteria. That was just super fun to say. Yes, OK, good, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you said
0: it.
1: <laughs> super fun, yeah. I think it would be nice if they could try a little harder. I, I, would, I, would, I, I feel very confident that, um, m- that a meritocracy will make us very demographically pleased.
0: Okay, all right, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cheryl's still not going to do it. Um, uh, but she'd be yes. awesome. Sure, but like everything, she gets like picked for of every course. single listen, job. Listen, like it's like I've, Cheryl can fix this, Cheryl can fix and sh- that. And indeed she could. Perhaps. Yeah. But no, yes. you're
1: saying she wouldn't choose to. I'm not going to quibble, but indeed she could.
0: No, yes, I understand yeah. that. But I, I find it fascinating and I want to sort of I want to get to yeah. everybody else at. Yeah. Um, uh in silicon valley what's happening now this idea of leadership and savior She's seen as the savior. For yeah, and I don't day.
1: believe in the uh, I don't believe in the savior CEO. I don't think she does yeah. either. Yeah, I, you know what I no, mean. No, and Rakesh Karana has done magnificent research at Arbor. The, like I, I, fundamentally do not believe in the that in someone it. can come in. I do not fix believe this it. I do not. Because the
0: expectations it. are so
1: high, and it's um, leadership is a team sport. Mm-hmm. Like every, like the secret behind every great organization is a team of
0: people. It's not one person. Absolutely, yeah. I, I would agree with you, yeah. and I think people would here What happens here is there's a reverence for a certain Person like yeah. an Elon Musk or a Mark Zuckerberg, and they don't see everybody else. And behind and, them. and and the secret sauce is everybody else. Yeah, I remember yeah. Steve Jobs one time because he was like the quintessence of like the yes. perfect savior uh, CEO. Yeah. And I, I remember him saying, and I, I didn't think that. I thought he had a great team behind him. I mean, he had a really yeah. solid. Or Amazon does. They have a very cohesive team. Google yeah. does. Yeah. Um, cohesion is really important. Yes. Even if they don't like each other, and they, often but they it's don't, cohesion. It's yeah. Cohesion. And um, I remember saying, Oh, I. He goes, Oh, I know everybody thinks. I'm I'm this savors you, but I'm not. I go, And he goes, you'd think, I'll never forget this, because he was making reference to one of my favorite movies. He goes, he goes. they think everyone else is Oompa Loompas around here, and I'm Willy Wonka. And I was like, ooh, I like that reference. But this is the idea. <laughs> it's totally true. Like, you know it's, what I mean? Like, so I don't it, want anyone coming in who thinks they're Willy, Willy Wonka. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. so. Let's get very quickly to Silicon Valley, what's yes. happening now. After Uber, post-Susan's thing, yeah. uh, it set off a range of people yes. talking, speaking up. Which is wonderful. Right. So what do you imagine has caused this level of this? So
1: I, I think, well, I, first of all, we need to capitalize on the moment where people feel safe to speak up, mm-hmm. or else I fear that it will become cyclical again. Yes, it will. So we, yeah. we need to capitalize on this. Whatever has created the conditions for the courage and the numbers, we've got to capitalize on it right, right, right. now. Um, I mean, what's created it historically? Um, I think that people have the capability to behave badly when there's not a light sh- shone shined on, on the their behavior. behavior right or putting it under the carpet or letting people go for thats we, one. i of mean those studies have been done for decades we know that you can set the conditions for a very bad version of people to show up right and we know that uh, attention and accountability and and light helps a great deal.
0: Right now, do you imagine that's lasting, or that it's just almost impossible to? Oh, I think ferret we ferret it out. I I think it's pebbles, not boulders. Mm-hmm. I know. Got the um, and I think we can set the conditions
1: um, with, frankly, just a few the memo on how to do it. I don't think it's more than a page.
0: So, how do you? What are the things that have to be put into place? And like some people, have this decency pledge. I think it's. I'm not, Bullsh- I'm not a, I, listen. Bullshit on, is what Yeah, I well.
1: So, and, you know, whatever, it's these
0: like, or I'm that'd sorry. That'd be necessary,
1: but not sufficient.
0: Maybe right. not so even necessary. Right, so what is a sufficient yeah. thing to do that? Yeah, for us to feel confident that the processes
1: we put in place require the average intentions of people. If we put processes in place that require the best intentions of people, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to set the conditions for average people to thrive. Right. So that's what all of the processes. So that means...
0: If some, if there's some behavior, one of the things that really struck me about a lot of this behavior is, and I think I said this the other day on a show that Megan Kelly did, was every woman in Silicon Valley has one story at least, if not a dozen, of ranging levels of sexism to sexual harassment. I'm just using that. I'm not even talking about people of color and, other, and yeah. ageism and things yeah. like that. But um, they all have a story, a lot of it's minor, some comments, smile more, you look pretty, that kind of stuff, which you sort of take every day and sort of have to suck up. I've um, never it, been told I look pretty. Me neither. Okay. Um, so, smile more, stop, yeah. stop scowling, I Okay. do that.
2: Um,
0: and then it goes to the very toxic, to yeah. the very bad, yeah. bad behavior. Um, most good men, and I'm gonna say most men are good, the most men I encounter are very good, have come up to me and said I had no idea. Yeah. It was so fascinating and indeed they that. probably have participated in it and have no idea so
1: they've probably hit things with their tail without knowing it
0: right so what that's you, what, what are we have the to tools fix. before we get to questions from yes. the audience what are the like four or five tools for doing that because i think that's really what, what, that is what's struck me the most is yeah. that everyone has a story all the men don't hear them or many of the men don't hear yeah. them And there's a miscommunication, and and this is women at the top, like literally. Oh, I know, I know. when we covered the Ellen Howe trial, we got so much communication from top, top women. I was shocked. So I think we have no release valve, so we have to
1: make the environment where there's a release valve so that everyone, if it happens, that people have someone to talk about and someone to talk about that can do something about Mm it. I also think that um, all of us need um help with reflectors so that we're aware of what our behavior i think we're hitting things with our tail all the time what does that mean i'm sorry yeah so it's um uh, when i called someone sir the other day i did not mean to silence anyone else but i did right so that's a small thing but i hit with my tail i when i teach i'm i'm constantly hitting things with my tail right um so you didn't
0: mean it and there it happened anyway
1: yeah and then Uh, And then if I don't have someone tell me, then I do something else and something else and something else. So I think we all need to know how we're contributing in micro ways to a climate that's making this permissive. Mm -hmm. So I might say, let's go out for a drink. Well, you know what? I probably shouldn't say that. In a work environment. In a work environment. Right. But who knew that let's saying let's go out for a drink would lead, is three steps away to creating the conditions for someone else to have bad behavior.
0: Right, exactly. Or well, if people are yeah. discomforted about drinking or whatever or, And then it. let's pick the 10 or 12 other things. So yeah. what about creating a workplace that's just too, and I hate to use this term, but politically correct, right? Ter- uh, yeah. Because been, there's been a real it's backlash to that. It's terrible. Right. Yeah. There's been a. Ba- there's been
1: yeah. way. That's too much when of- you have deep devotion and low standards. It's no. It's. It's not worse than high
0: standards, no devotion, but it's really bad. Right. So, but how do you then prevent it from going? Because one of the things. By making it discussable. Right. One of the things that's driving me crazy though recently is I've gotten so many two things I've gotten for VCs. It's like. Which I, I can't believe they say this to me. They're like, you know, now we really can't hire women because this happens. And I was like, I whoa, whoa.
1: And see, I shouldn't have done that. That was yeah. like creating a bad environment. Yeah, but that's exa- my but, reaction. But
0: it was really fascinating, <laughs> yeah. but that they that they eliminate women is the is the way that's. I don't even the have words to suggest how. I had words. Okay. Um, but <laughs> yeah. and fuck was among them, yeah, yeah. like, fucking <laughs> asshole. Um, that was one. The other was, um, we we can't say what we think. I was like, yeah, you can't. Like, you actually, you, you shouldn't say what you think all, the, like, certain things. And then that you... Um, I want you it, to
1: use words for 90% of what you think and the other 10%, yeah, all yeah. of us should keep
0: it to ourselves. Which was fascinating. And yeah. the last part, which was really interesting to me, was witch hunt. Like, let's not, recently, because of... I don't all even we, know what that is. A witch hunt. You look, well, the president uses it. Take a look at his Uber. I mean, his Twitter. Uh, not his Uber. <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, witch hunt in that this is like it's looking for witches that aren't there essentially and which yeah. what's fascinating to me is the actual hunt for witches was against women who spoke out and were confident yeah. and independent and they got a hung for it so, so men using witch hunt always drives me crazy it's like it actually was an anti-woman thing yeah. so how do you then but how do you get to people where you can do this and not feel like everybody's
2: I, I, I get I'm I giving them a little do,
0: like, okay, yeah. I can see how it can get out of
1: control. I, and and I, can, I can, too. I mean, it's one of my problems with zero tolerance, right? Because right. zero tolerance could just have us all walking around on eggshells. which would not be good, which is why I want to make things discussable. And I want to create the conditions for, I mean, as a human species, we're mortal. We will make mistakes. We will improve. But it doesn't, let's be, let's talk about the mistakes. Let's all learn from it. Mm -hmm. So if I make a mistake, everyone
0: else doesn't have to repeat it. All right, last question. Okay key aspects of leadership in management going forward in this in a new world where management is very different than it used to be it's not top down it is not yeah give me three key three okay
1: so one understand that leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence okay and i think that's super important two selflessness
0: you're talking about well
1: no it literally my performance is based on your performance. Okay. So leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence, one. Two, and having it last into your absence. Our job is to replace ourselves as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an enormous part of- It's a lot of of,
0: people have trouble with that. It's
1: a lot of people. Like if we just did those two things, that it's not about you serving me, it's about me creating the conditions for you to thrive and for me to be replaceable as soon as possible, which means I have confidence that there's another place for me in this organization or another one. I think that's the second one, and then the third one is to do it in a way where people feel your high standards and feel your deep devotion. Mm-hmm. And the and the way that you communicate that is through um, not only asking the first question, but asking the follow up question and the follow up question and the follow up question. All right, and
0: then the la- the very last question: yeah. is, What are the three things people do wrong? Like, what are the what is the, the yeah. thing, So like, people try to stop this. Yeah, yeah. So as leaders.
1: Um, Leaders try to be great at everything as opposed to having a team. So trying to go it alone as opposed to having a team. So Which I would say- Travis is
0: like, that's that's one of his qualities. Am I listing the three or you? No, go ahead. Yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. So, so yeah, that. so
1: I think Lone Ranger is right. is one is one mistake. Um, another mistake is that they um, because we're good at one thing, we think we're gonna then be good at something else. And we should actually take a lot of humility doing two things is much harder than doing yeah. one thing. So yeah. I think we have to have uh, the humility there. And then the third one, and you want to, you want to, um, you got a third one for me? No? Oh, okay. Um, um, what's another mistake people make? we hire people who look like us. us. That's exactly what it is. Right. Yeah, we hire people that look like us. Right, who think like us. And who think like us. And it's super comforting, mm-hmm. um, and we should, Realize that if we have diversity, we will have greater excellence than we ever could have imagined.
0: Right. I think it's interesting because it's something I always say is that Silicon Valley always thinks itself as a meritocracy, but it's a Like, if they, Yeah. Like, if there's too much homogeneity <coughs> for it to actually be getting the best. Mm-hmm. And, but those would be the, the ones that you did. What is, what is, I know you're an optimist, but what is an unrecoverable of, of, Is there anything or do you think everything is... Of course there are unrecoverable offenses, it's just I shouldn't be the judge. Right,
1: okay. Are you happy
0: you've come to Uber? Oh my gosh,
1: I am living the dream. I'm the luckiest person I know.
0: Man, you are hard to break. (laughs) But you know something, you can call me sir if you
2: want. Anyway, questions from the audience?
0: In fact, you should call me sir. All right, Uh, right here. And then here and here.
4: Yeah. The thing that I'm concerned about is, let's say that you guys do turn on a company and that the culture does change. Isn't the message that goes to everyone else is that, hey, it would be this bad if you reach level X, and as long as you show contrition and fire the right people, it will be fine. Like, this behavior is okay as long as you get to a point X. And after that, point, as long as you show the right contrition, we'll be okay. So a lot of the perpetuation of these cultures, because Uber succeeded for a lot of those same reasons that you're talking about, but the culture of is enormous. That's why I agree with Mrs. Fisher's point about contrition and cost is important, and it might not happen if people just go. If the next entrepreneur comes along and just goes, I a culture yeah. like this, and it will work. So, so I, I think, that yeah. Can. So, so I'd, plus we
0: have a political environment right like that now that's very like. Whoa. Yeah,
1: I think reasonable people can disagree about this. I I do. I think that it's a very legitimate point of view to have that your behavior was so egregious, you should go away and let someone else come in and do it. I happen to be on the redemption side. I don't think that the lasting message is, look what you can get away from. I think that if Uber shows that it's successful, it gives license for every single organization and every individual on the planet to say, we too can fix the environment we're in. But I think reasonable people can disagree about it.
3: Hi, I'm Ruth. First of all, you have
5: a very um, safe and intentional demeanor, which I think in itself probably makes an impact on the company. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My question is, since this is uncharted territory, this is almost like innovation in organizational management. W- what are the indicators you're gonna be looking for along the way to see if you're successful? And what moments in no, the day-to-day you most enjoy?
1: Yeah. Well, the t-shirt moment is gonna be a really good one for me when there's 15,000 people wearing the Uber t-shirt. Um, so I think um, if, when, when drivers love driving for us, because they love driving for us, not because they have to drive for us. When riders love using us for the service, but they also feel proud to do it. When employees are thriving and they feel proud. When our shareholders are proud and delighted to be a part of it. When cities are really earnestly wanting us to come in and partner. So I think we have probably eight different stakeholders. Constituencies. Yeah, eight eight constituencies. I I think it's measuring all eight. Um, And in a pull, not a push way, when all eight of those constituencies are super excited about us, I am very, very sure that the business
0: will, and the
1: financials will have taken
0: care of themselves. So in that creating a better environment around it. It's interesting because some people are like, well, someone at the company was like, well, it's not that hurt. You know what I mean? The business is not gotten that hurt by all this negativity. Um, it has. I think it has. Yeah, it's like, been a brand hit. That's been of course not just in San Francisco. Yeah. But what was interesting when they said that, well, the business didn't hurt. And I, I can't believe I I turned to them. I said, but you're still an asshole. Like it, you know, you didn't like. So Mad, what? That the you're business- as like, well, unbreakable
1: I'm as I am. Yeah. I'm helping yeah. no. you. I'm helping
0: you in your organization yeah. right here. But you know what I mean? Like I they totally didn't do. care. I totally do. If the business didn't get hurt, that's all that mattered. And I was like. You're still yeah. awful, you're still awful. Well, I, I think we can still do much better. Right, okay.
3: Thank you so much. Uh, first
5: of all, as someone who listens to a lot of Recode, Decode, it's just so awesome to see it live. So yeah. <laughs> just nerding Indeed. out at this moment. Um, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, I love this conversation, but my question is about this tension that Kara talked about a little bit between uh, leadership and growth. So. Uh, Uber has the financial resources to bring in people like you, but I think a lot of early stage companies have this founder cult, right, going on. But they're young people who haven't managed a lot of people. So what can startups think think about leadership before, you know, Very good question. It's a really good question.
1: So... Uh, This is going. It's going to be that I'm an academic, but I think that a lot of really thoughtful people have written the best they can on how to do this. And I would read, I would read their books. So um, you know, there's everything from the founders' dilemma to the first 180 days. Like, I don't find that many of these challenges are new. We just have to be in an absorptive place. I think there is magnificent things that are written. Um, if you're looking for one on leadership, there's a wonderful HBR article called "Stop Holding Yourself Back." Um, I'm a co-author. Um, <laughs> um, but, it, like, but I, I think there are so when you find one you like, like go to the the few degrees of connection through it. people have this is what like people. Academics are trying to influence people in their absence. I would really take them up on it with what they've written. What about a coach, a personal coach? Um, I, 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 I consider myself a coach. I think coaching is really good. We need good coaches, and my worry is that we don't have the wisdom to know the difference. So, you know, when you ask someone for advice, you want them... Right. So, as long as we have good coaches,
0: I love it, I love it, I love it. Mm-hmm. I, to be reflective.
3: Go ahead, right here. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I'm in my last year of school right now, and one of the things that- Which,
1: would, so this, this is where I'm not allowed to, to say, but high
3: school? Uh, <laughs> university. Okay, university, Okay, university. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I've noticed is there's this relationship um, with industry recruiters in the universities where they go to the schools and they say, we want to do more for diversity, particularly women in tech. Um, But the problem is already in the schools. I mean, in my program, it's like 10% women, 90%. Um, And then they kick the ball down to high schools and lower. And so I guess, do you see a similarity here with leadership culture? And I mean, what ultimately can universities be doing to train tech workers who ultimately go into management about how to handle these problems better?
1: So I mean, Girls Who Code is probably going to do more to women leaders than Harvard Business School will because right, we get to select on the dependent variable, to your point. And so we do have to go and um, create the conditions for um, people to, th- to um, want to thrive in these environments. Um, I think that coding is like, I think tech, I think women and minorities are gonna make it there and then it's gonna be, then we're gonna go look at STEM and then we're gonna go look at the next things because everyone is coding now in, I mean, my, six-year-old is talking to me about coding like it's insane um and once we get in early I think it's going to create the the conditions there but the equivalent of you know girls who code um and doing it I I think that when academic institutions are solving the problem it's too late like we have to go you got to go Younger. There's also
0: a larger societal issue, too, right? The, I mean, one of the things that, I don't know if you've looked at work by Gina Davis, you know about yeah. that, around movies and talking. Um, one of the things that's really fascinating is uh, the num- the level of men talking versus women talking, and then most of the women who talk uh, are stupid, like, or, or, or they're, um, yep. they don't have jobs, that's another thing. A lot of the women characters, even in cartoons, they don't have jobs. Uh, it's it's really interesting it's when you start, yeah. it really is. You start to get your mind blown when you actually see the data. Yeah. Um, or else, you know, even like, you know, a Scooby-Doo. Look at Scooby-Doo. The guys solve the things. Uh, Velma's the lesbian, so she gets yes. to be smart. Like, you know what I mean? She like, was a lesbian? Yes, 100%. Hello.
2: <laughs>
0: she wore knee And socks. I usually give people the benefit not, of the... De- okay. We need to have a separate okay. talk. Okay, um, But it's a really interesting... You should look at that data, Gina Davis yes. and stuff, because it's... She's the actress from Thelma and Louise. She's actually yeah. now dedicating herself to doing yes. this. And one mm-hmm. of the things I remember Sheryl Sandberg saying to me, she's on the board of Disney, Um, And she always has to speak up, like even though she shouldn't be necessarily the only one to speak up, but I remember her telling a story where she was in a Disney board meeting and this is what led to Brave and some other things, Frozen, I guess. Although in Frozen, (laughs) men do most of the talking in that movie. I would never have known that. But they are, they do, when you actually start to count the lines. Um, she, She got it, meaning she said, listen, I like a princess, my daughter likes a princess, but can the friggin' princesses have a job? Like, can they have, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just that kind of thing. And so it's an interesting, yeah. there's a bigger societal problem around, around that. that it, Once you start to notice it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Cheryl um, Sandberg can solve everything. Yeah, she can, OK. <laughs> All right, I'll tell yeah. her. Um, first, this woman here, right yeah. here.
5: So you talked a lot today about what you're doing internally to address the culture with Uber, right? In terms of addressing their managerial and leadership tactics, which I think is incredibly noble from the inside. Um, but I'm curious. So I work in tech, and from an outsider female perspective, you know, I look at Uber and I see a company that it would be at the bottom of my list of places that I would want to work, right? Um, not just because of you know the more recent problematic things we've seen in the media, but also because you know, like many tech companies, when I look at Uber, I see a company that does not have many people that look like me in leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And So we know that a huge component of the culture is who sits in the rooms and who, like, is yeah. on leadership teams, who holds the power, makes the decisions. Yeah. What are you doing externally question. to yeah. make Uber a company that is attractive for people like me? Yeah, yeah. I, so, so I, I love the, the question. question. Um,
1: yeah. And I would say that in Silicon Valley, um, people are, companies are comforted by the low standard deviation of, like so Uber has this percentage and so does Google and so does Facebook, exactly. and so the low standard deviation is somehow comforting and what you're saying is the means have to be higher. The reason that I would agree with you is because um, I have never seen a world that was a true meritocracy that wasn't more demographically diverse. So. I, and I think reasonable people can disagree about this, it's not that I want demographically diverse, it's that I want there to be a meritocracy and it will be demographically diverse. Um, so I think that it's Uber and every other company has to find out what are we doing to hold back awesome women? And let's address and not just that and make people of color and what's, a- Absolutely.
0: What's yeah. fascinating about it, like the only time I ever get questions of we have standards, Cara, is when it's around women and people of color, that's, oh, Kara, but we have standards. I'm like, well, what about the 10 other fucking idiots on your board that are all white men? Like, I think they're all stupid. Maybe that one's not. Like, it's really fascinating. But the only time standards is mentioned is literally around, but we have standards. I was like, no, you don't. There's no standards going on. Pretty... Twitter was the one I attacked a lot. Remember, they had, they had 10 white men no no insult to white men. I have I own two of them up there, my son. <laughs> but um, but they had ten white men on the board and I was arguing with Dick Costa, was a very funny guy. Um, I was like, you can't mathematically have that have happened. Like how did that occur? It didn't just no, it just happened. I'm like, no, it didn't just happen. Like it was like the most ridiculous argument with someone. And what was fascinating, I always tell this joke, but literally three men, there were three men named Peter and one named Dick. Like, and I was like, you have three men named Peter, and one named Dick, and ten white men. And he was like, that's really funny. And I was like, no, it's not funny, but it is funny. That's a funny joke. Uh, but it was really interesting that the word standards is only applied when it comes to making, we won't want to lower our standards. That's, yeah. that's a real, to me, that's like a real fascinating yeah, and Whenever Whenever game. I see a homogenous picture,
1: I think that we have been artificially holding back certain groups, and I'm going to go and Uh, anthropologically work tirelessly to create the conditions for everyone to thrive. I mean, I will say the weird thing about Silicon Valley, it's the first place I've ever been where meritocracy has a bad name. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, I know how to create a diverse and inclusive environment. It's honestly through a meritocracy, but somehow it's become a weird word in Silicon Valley that I don't totally understand, and I'm not sure I even want to. I just want to reclaim it, but do it the right way. Well, it isn't a meritocracy. It isn't. It just isn't.
4: First, I just want to thank you guys so much for being here. We're just thrilled to have you here. And uh, as someone who spent their whole career focused on uh, meritocracy and equal rights and creating the right kind of environment for everybody to do their best, Great. Um, I'm interested in kind of the game changer business model of Uber, which started, and I think it was written in a Harvard Business Review article around um, challenging the legal regulations. And it started by Lyft, and then I think uh, Travis actually tried to do the right thing and then found that he was out-competed, at at least according to this article. So I'm curious, what's the takeaway? Like, you've got a company that has challenged the model. Clearly, consumers wanted it. We've all used it. Uh, I used both coming here, so I was an equal opportunist (laughs) with uh, Uber and uh, Lyft coming up from the capital. And sitting in the seat of, you know, the sixth, nation's largest economy in Sacramento I'm just curious both I'd love to hear from both of you because you get to interview a lot of mm-hmm. tech companies and that's like the the uber you know mensch thing here now is yeah. a flaunt the regs what does that mean for compliance and ethics which I think sets the groundwork for equality and women's issues and <laughs> The well, I think he, I'll
0: start very really quickly. Yeah. I interviewed Travis at Code a couple of years ago, um, and he was actually bracingly honest about what he was doing, which I found, found fascinating. And he got into trouble for it, by the way, because at one point I said, Well, what about self driving cars? It was about four years ago. And he goes, You know, Kara, the problem is the guy sitting in the front seat. We got to get rid of him, because then it, we'd be really profitable. And literally, there was the sharpest intake of breath from the entire crowd, because he, he was essentially saying, we got to get rid of the drivers because they cost money. Like and robots have got to get in there. And no one said that in Silicon Valley, and he did, which was sort of indicative of his first... And I kind of was like, yay, he just said the truth. Um, <laughs> because that's what they think, but they don't, they're too nice to say it. Like, we're not really want to get rid of jobs, and yet you're automating everything. And so what was interesting about it is I liked that quality about them. And he was he yeah. attack taxis. He called them whatever he called them. He had like real mean names for taxi people. Um, I kind of liked that part of it because he was going against a worthy opponent. What I think happened was that it, it it worked and then it got out of control. So every every nail, every there's there's nails everywhere, and so everything had to get nailed. And that, that's what I think. It just got out of. Yeah. It was initially a very good quality, and then it
1: really. I I I mean I it I, what I referenced earlier. I do think that in each of us we have a superpower that can be used for good and if not harnessed correctly can be the thing that's um not and so i think fighting against the you know bad regulation is a good thing and then um and then how do you make sure you're not then the culprit going forward and i think you do it by not doing it alone not doing it in the dark having journalists sort of Um, look on it, but I I will say that implicit in what you said when you said I use Uber and I use Lyft, um, I, like in my soul, I love competition because it makes us all better. And so I love and honor our competitors. I want our competitors to do a good job so that we
0: have to do an even better job because you know who wins? Everyone when that happens. Right. I think what he really... There, you go look at old quotes of his. They're fascinating to look at. You know, he's sort of modulated himself more now. But, and then it went into, it went from the taxi industry is so evil, which I think he had a really great turn of phrase about them, about you have to fight them. Whoa. Wow, that's wow. usually what happens to me. Right? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, <laughs> what the hell happened? We're going to keep talking. Um, <laughs> it went to uh, using idiotic terms like boober. I get a lot of, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, my God, did you just say that, you 12-year-old? Uh, not even 12, by the way. That's, I don't even know what age that is. But anyway, it, cha- it moved into, it warped itself. N- next question? Someone will figure it out. Hi. i was given the microphone. Okay. All
5: right. So thank you both for this conversation. I wanted to talk to you, Professor Gray one one particular thing.
2: Francis. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you're describing a redemptive management style
0: where I have some questions for you about sure. how accountability works yeah. in an environment of redemption and how accountability happens and trust is rebuilt. That's a because great point. I could take two approaches to this whole conversation, either Hobbesian or, or positive. The negative side by the women, people of color, LGBTQIA, people who have been abused,
5: roundly not just at Uber, are thinking, okay, redemption sounds a lot like Those who are still standing get away with it or get to sweep it under the rug. That's a negative take. The positive take is you believe in leadership. You're creating systems with the head of HR to move forward in a positive environment. Your own trustworthiness and accountability is at stake in this. It's an incredibly high-profile situation. So how does this work?
1: Yeah, so um, I welcome it um, because I don't... I, I like to be accountable. a good question. It's a very good question. And I, um, I think that developing trust uh, is, what ha- is the first thing that happens on the redemption part. But I will go back to, look, reasonable people can disagree. May- maybe behaviors are so bad you should turn everything off. I don't think so. I will never be the one who thinks that.
0: But are you I, worried about your own personal brand? Is oh, golly,
1: no, because, I mean, no. <laughs> if I were worried about my own personal brand. Yeah. I mean, I got here, and the guy who said, you want me to touch up your makeup, I was like, that would imply I had some to begin with. <laughs> and then I also said, could you cut my hair? And he did. Right. So, like, no, I'm not worried about my personal. But about your personal reputation. I, like, I go through the world being earnest and noble, and I will for my entire life. I don't give it a moment's thought.
0: Yeah, I think if she even slightly turns around, she's gonna be the dean of the Harvard Business School and get a great book out of it. That's what I think going on. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know what I mean? There's no downside here for you that I can tell. I, and I am not gaming it. Like there's no. No, I get you on I totally yeah. game everything. And yeah. if it doesn't work, you're like, ugh, those assholes. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but I think, I mean, I think your question is a very good one. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna use my entire body and soul to do the right thing. I am.
0: Yeah. All right. One more question. By the way, she used the word golly. Did you notice that? I totally did. <laughs> Who uses golly? It's, I love it. Who says it's golly? Anybody? It's a great old word. It's a great old word. I'm sorry. All right. This woman here has been having her hand up really. And if you, you can go, go quickly, we'll go to you too.
4: So after Susan Fowler's
1: um, blog post, I deleted Uber, my account, like many people. And I'm very hopeful by the vision you're painting of every Uber employee being proud to wear a t-shirt, every city welcoming you, every employee, Uber driver wanting to be here. I will reinstall my Uber account when that happens. Okay. Okay. What's your time frame?
0: Yeah. Tomorrow Um, would be good because she really likes Uber. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um...
2: You oh, did. Wow.
1: You did because it's um, I want us to be much better tomorrow than we are today, and then I want us to be much better the next day, and then when is it gonna pass your threshold? Notice I'm not asking you to lower your threshold. And, uh, it's your threshold. Yeah, no well, you yeah, you have a bar and we have to meet it. And I welcome that. If you're asking me when do I think you're gonna meet we're gonna meet your bar, you no, feel when, like when are we gonna meet your bar? Okay. I like your bar. Okay. Described. Okay. Yeah. For saying you like something, you felt very aggressive, just like feedback there. Like, it, like, I, like I heard like, but I didn't feel like, you know but okay. What? She's from Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I was from Boston, I'd be a little tougher. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I give people a lot of credit for the slope of improvement. So I, and I really do. I'm, um, so Uber meets my bar today because of its slope of improvement. Not mine. But I'd say a year. If they're not in a year, I'm going to... Oh, gosh. If we're not in a year, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. it's not... But we're going to... But,
0: yeah. If yeah. they drag the CEO out search and they don't get <coughs> someone who is a real CEO. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. there's all kinds of indications. But, but understand that the
1: CEO is one member of an already awesome team.
0: Yes, but it indicates. It's an indicator. Yeah. It's I leading, hold a it's account. leading indicator, as I like to say. That yeah. yeah. okay. they get a serious yeah. CEO who's going to run things. Yes. kind of things. Yes. And bring really. in great people. Absolutely. By the way. Last question, okay. right here. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Well, maybe okay. Sorry. Very quickly.
2: quickly. Very. You can, you can super, super quick. quick. Sure. Um, so you have taken on a very challenging task, and you are dealing with something as abstract as culture, and you have made a lot of personal sacrifices. So,
1: what would your legacy be if you ever leave Uber and go back to Harvard? What do you want to be remembered for? That's a good question. Yeah, it's a great question. I don't think of legacy. Um, uh, doing the Listen, we each get one, one chance on this planet. Every single day, I want to be worthy of going home to the most awesome woman on the planet. Um, I want to be worthy every day of doing things that only I can do. Um, and then that's worth, that's worth it. I don't have a great answer. I'm not worried about, I've never given my legacy a moment's thought. I never
0: will. Wow. All right. Golly. Um, <laughs> um, very last, very quick question right here and then we'll finish right here. Why don't you just speak up? Very. Two seconds. You have two seconds to get the last fantastic question. No pressure.
4: I love your pod- uh, podcast.
5: And, um, I didn't know what to expect but I love you a bit and you're, you're very funny. I'm very pleased to meet you. So yesterday I learned a new term which is Glass Cliff, and I don't know if you know or not, but the definition that I got is: women are more likely than men to be put in a leadership role during times of crisis and downturn, when the chances of failure is highest. Yeah, I don't think you're put in this situation because you guys have crisis, but I don't think it's a very big crisis. You know, minor. But what do you think about this issue? Because what I see, it is true. It's happened. Yeah, like it feels like. Women are vulnerable and they're put in the situation. That's empirically, it resonates to me that
1: empirically that would be true, that when situations are really hard, maybe we disproportionately ask women to lead. Um, I would like us to ask women to lead all the time. I'm super fine with asking women to lead when things are disproportionately hard because I know many, many, many great women leaders.
0: So we're getting a women president next election, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you got if, that. Yeah, well, we're getting a woman yeah. mayor. I heard. But it's true.
0: There's a lot of women coming in now at Uber. It's fascinating. Right, right. Oh, right. here, right here, woman yeah. mayor. I heard. Yeah, but I'm not going to be the redeeming kind. <laughs>
2: And that's what they want.
0: You litter, you're fucking in trouble. Yourself, right?
1: We're cutting off your hand. Yeah, There's no, great. yeah. One, the one strike and you're Maybe
0: out. a small oh. pinky. So. <laughs> Discreet yet threatening. Um, um, you're totally moving to San Francisco, right? You're like, oh yeah, we are just going to take care of business. Um, Francis, I really appreciate this. I think you did a great job. You were Thank very, you forthright and honest. I'm I'm struck by your optimism, I'm not sure I share it, but it's really, it'll be an interesting, we'll come back to this in a a, a year's time and see how you did. And I am,
1: and I mean it quite sincerely, I I think what you, the light you shine on Uber is a gift, and I'm really grateful for it. Yeah,
0: most people call me an asshole for that, but thank you, I appreciate it, it's a gift, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you to the audience. Thank you guys. Um, Gracias so cool um, doing, and also we're putting everything on the podcast, your questions will be on the uh, on the podcast also which is appearing, I'm not sure when we're publishing it, but we are soon, um, and then it's an extra long package, and then the, the team here is a team from actual CNBC, which people do watch, I'm teasing um, we're doing a documentary on women in Silicon Valley, I'm, I'm doing it with them it's going to be an hour long, well, three or four hours, five, six something, like that. Um, because I think it's a really important issue, and we're going to try to do something really you know, substantive been interesting about it, and sort of uh, create some really good discussion around it. So they're here doing this. So thank yeah. you for participating in this, and um, yeah. appreciate. It. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thanks again to Uber Senior Vice President of Leadership Francis Fry for joining me on the podcast, and to the team at Ericsson for hosting us at their beautiful campus in Santa Clara, California. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes, including some really fantastic interviews I've done with Wild Ride author Adam Lashinsky, Uber board member Ariana Huffington, and Lyft president John Zimmer, just to name a few. You can find all those episodes and more wherever you found this one or on our website, recode.net slash podcasts. Now that you're done with this, check out one of our other shows. On Recode Media with Peter Kafka, you hear no BS interviews with some of the smartest people in media and entertainment. I also host Two Embarrassed to Ask along with Lauren Good of The Verge, where we answer all of your questions about consumer tech. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from all of Recode's live events, including the Code Conference. Thanks for listening to this special bonus episode of Recode Decode. Also, thanks to Digital Media, the company that distributes this show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor, Chris Basil. And thank you to our producer, Eric Johnson. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Monday with another great guest. Tune in
3: then. Hi, I'm Dieter Bone from The Verge, and I'm breaking into your podcast for just a minute to ask you a pretty simple question. Have you ever read or watched a tech review and thought, this is just not for me? It's way too nerdy, and it's made by some super fan who just wants to talk about how many pixels there are on the screen, when really, all you want to know is, is it any good, and how do you actually use the darn thing? Well, good news, we've just launched Verge Guidebook. It's the next generation of our tech reviews program. With Guidebook, we're going to tell you what to buy, what's not worth your money, and most importantly, how to actually use it. You can head on over to theverge.com reviews, and you're going to find our editors' picks, the very best gadgets in every category, from smartphones to laptops to crazy stuff like smart light bulbs, and a ton of how-to guides are going to walk you through all of it. That's theverge.com reviews. We've got incredibly good videos, some really engaging writing, and, of course, those very useful guides.